0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's
1: Conference. Thank you for joining us today for Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and today I'm with Debbie Kiever, and we are excited about the episode that God has uh, put before us today to share with you. You know, this month we're looking at the topic of do-overs, and Debbie and I have had a lot of laughs as we have had numerous do-overs as we have, we're have. new to podcasting. Uh, This is only our first few months into podcasting, and wow, we have had some bloopers, and those things have really made us laugh and brought a lot of joy to us. But we do recognize that do-overs are hard, right? It's not all that an episode on a podcast didn't go right or you had to re-record something. They're the easy
0: ones. That's right. They're the easy ones. It's our life do-overs that are harder.
1: That's right. The real life stuff. And we heard an example last week of, of Krista DiMedio's testimony. If you didn't have the opportunity to hear that with us last week. Uh, please take a listen. Her testimony is powerful. God mm-hmm. has done a tremendous do-over in her life, and she has on her heart that, that it is time to speak that word and encourage other people with it. I know you will be encouraged Uh, in your own life, in your story, or in the story of those around you uh, by taking a listen to that. So please um, join us for that podcast as well, that episode. I know you will be blessed. But as we start out today, I just wanted to read a scripture, and I think this really frames uh, some of what we're going to be speaking about today. It's a passage that many of us know. It's Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, I've read that passage a hundred times, and maybe you have too. But the thing that caught me today as we're talking about do-overs is the fact that God gives new mercies every morning. Every morning, new mercies are given. Why are they given every morning? Because every morning, we, we need, need them. <laughs> new mercies, right? God doesn't give something that we don't need, right? He gives to fill our need. And so how wonderful is it that our generous God already knows that whether it's we need to abide in him more today or we need to hold his hand more today or we need to trust him in a new way. There is some place from yesterday that we need to do over in today and the mercies are there for us. Now, in light of the fact that we are created in the image of God and we want to be more and more like Christ you know, and be formed in his image, if we are given new mercies every day, then that means that every day we should be giving new mercies, right? So today we're gonna talk about primarily a story from the Bible where grace and mercy were extended for a do-over because through that individual, grace and mercy needed to be extended. Why do we get new mercies? Why are we given new mercies every morning? So that we will in turn extend new mercies give new mercies to those around us that is the challenge right it's never just about us it's always about what god wants to do in us and then through us especially when it comes to do-overs in our lives
0: when we look at the word of god laura there are some fabulous examples of some individuals men and women where god extended extraordinary grace and the opportunity to do something over and i think if that should encourage us in any way it says you know what you and i are in good company amen we're good company we are not the only ones waking up needing new mercies every day and i'm sure our listeners are saying yeah me too throw me in that pot so you are in good company if you have woken up and saying oh i really blew that Hmm. And I need to run back to the father again, Hmm. right, to to be forgiven and given that new chance and to know that his heart is to forgive and to give me that new chance. His heart is always that way towards me, especially when God has really placed in your life gifts, which each one of us has been given gifts. And he tells us how to use our gifts. And we start to use our gifts. And then we flop. Mm -hmm. it doesn't go well the enemy likes to just sweep right in and tell us you you don't have anything to offer leave that for somebody else and especially when you've really walked with the Lord and you've been watching him work through your life it's fun to see him use the gifts that you have but if you get to that place where you get ahead of God that's when that pride kicks in and we know that pride leads to a fall and then those gifts sit there not being used You're not accomplishing the calling that God has on your life. Those are the kind of stories in the Bible that encourage me. Amen. Because I don't know about you, but I I have fallen big time and not used gifts that God's given me the way that he wanted me to use them. And and the enemy just really tries to scream in your head, just give up, step back, let someone else do it. But if that was the case, then people like Paul, and mm-hmm. Peter, Moses, Gideon, I mean, the list goes on. They would they would not be the men that we would all recognize their names. Yep. Right? Because they would have given up. So the encouraging piece of this is that we're all part of, it's all part of the story that God's writing in our lives. And in a storyline, things don't always go the way that you want them to go. But God says it's a new chapter. It's That's a right. new day. I want you to get back on track and be obedient and follow me. Uh, because I'm, I'm writing a whole story. This is going. To, God's going to use this. If Paul and Peter and Moses and Gideon had only known the impact that their mm, failures yes. would have made for generations to come, you know, then they, you know, not that they would fail again, but it makes you feel a little bit better if people That's can right. learn from your mistakes. But boy, oh boy, this extending grace to somebody else, giving the do-over option, is huge. I cannot help but think of my life as a mother how many times some words came out of my mouth that would have sounded like all right boys this is the last time that i am telling you about this no more no more times
1: that's right that's right you know i think boy being a parent is an opportunity to extend grace every day too and i do agree with you because in my house i i said some of the same things deb and i remember just saying like uh you can have another chance emily But remember what happened last time. Right, it didn't work out. Right. Right. Remember what happened last time. Like this is this is where I feel like in being a mom, I was giving a second chance, and yet, man, I was given a do-over. But wow, it came across like really harsh or um, condemning. Oh, absolutely. As opposed to encouraging for what was next. I've I've already
0: I've already given you enough chances. (laughs) I've was... given you more chances than any other mother in this world has given you.
1: Exactly. Or, you know, if we have another issue, like if this happens again, it's over. We're done. We're like done. I'll give you one more chance. And you what know, does one we're more done do-over. mean?
0: <laughs> (laughs) what does that mean
1: well you know what sadly i don't think i ever figured that out because even when i would say we're done we were never really done so i think there are certain quotes that we just uh we use all the time you know and i loved saying you know i I hate to say i loved it but i would be like this is the end and if i'm going to do it one more time for you but do not ask for the same thing tomorrow but why did i love that i don't know maybe i felt like i had some kind of control over the situation but the reality is there was going to be a need again tomorrow and a child is going to fail. What a tremendous uh, opposite, right? God's do-overs, what God says to us when we fail, as opposed to what we are tempted to say to our children. You know, as a parent of an adult child now, I have learned through my years of parenting to start speaking more graciously with those new mercies every morning Mm -hmm. as I'm leading and guiding, maybe not the impatience of the parent of a toddler that I spoke with before. But God's second chances are a whole lot different than the second chances that we sometimes extend to our kids. One dubbed that you ahead. know, Laura.
0: Actually, I think of something. We are big on those ultimatums. Mm-hmm. You know, I will never do this for you again. I will never say that. You know, it's just when you when you act in the flesh towards somebody else, the words like always and never come flying out. And do you yeah. really mean them?
1: Yeah.
0: Right where God he he uses those ultimatums and he means them i will always love you
1: amen i amen. will always
0: be here i will always amen. forgive you when you come back and you're repentant that's right so even as you're speaking i'm thinking boy i used a lot of pretty definitive words that meant nothing really at the end of yeah, the day right but when god says that, that i will always allow you to come back to me that's right he actually
1: follows through with that that's right that's right wow that's that's amazing that's that's a great perspective Well, there's one name that we left off of the list, Deb, when you were referring back to the people that were in good company with from the Bible um, who have been given do-overs and we see glorious things um, as an end result, but that name is Jonah. Oh yeah. You know, I think sometimes we hear the name Jonah and there are so many different perspectives, different Bible teachers feel differently about how Jonah's do-over really ended up at the end of the book. Was he a repentant man who uh, continued on, or was he a man who stayed in his bitterness at the end of the last chapter? Regardless of of your perspective on that, or what you've been taught as far as what the end of his story looked like at the end of the book, the truth of the matter is that Jonah was given a do-over by God, and in that do-over he obeyed, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and because of that, right? We are in good company with him as well. Mm -hmm. Because while we may not uh, agree or necessarily like the way some people say Jonah's story goes at the end, the moment that he had a do-over for God and he responded on it, it puts us in the same boat that God had compassion on him, he gave him a second chance, and Jonah went and did what he was told to do. Now, if you know Jonah's story, or if you don't, um, I'll just quickly review for you. Jonah was a man, you know, we all, we have all heard about the big fish and the man that went in the big fish. But the reality of the story is the very first thing that happens in the book of Jonah is God goes to Jonah and he says the words, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now, Jonah hated the people in Nineveh, right? They had done terrible things to Jonah's people in the past. He hated them. They were the enemy. And God was saying to the prophet, you need to go and tell these people that you hate, that I love them, and that I'm extending grace to them. Jonah didn't want to extend grace to people that he hated. And so we know he basically, without saying it, he just left town, found himself in the belly of the fish as he was running from God, caused a whole lot of chaos on the boat before he ended up in the belly of the fish, where numerous men who were on the boat with him went through a very... Uh, scary situation, a very scary storm because of one man's disobedience. Jonah finds himself in the belly of fish for three days. God in his mercy and grace keeps him in that fish and then spits him out, (laughs) this fish spits him out on the sand after Jonah has come to a point where he has recognized his running uh, in chapter two and he chooses to do what he's supposed to do. But listen to what happens the very next thing after Jonah is spit out of the belly of the fish, Deb. I think this is so key and so powerful when we think about the word do-over. There's two key points. The very first verse, when he comes out of the belly of the fish, it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Right? Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And he said, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now there are two key things here. Number one, just that quick verse that I read. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Number one, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And number two, he came to Jonah a second time.
0: Think about who he's coming to. He came to a Jonah who had been called and he ran and he failed. So God was coming to Jonah in a place where he was failing. I mean, how many times have we heard what God wanted us to do and we made a decision we're not going to be obedient and our lives start to unravel. Things start to you know, we're not we're not being swallowed up in the in big fish, but sometimes the circumstances we're in, you might think a fish would be better. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that he pursues you, because when you have wandered away out of out of the place that god wants you to be positioned out you know disobeying him the enemy comes swiftly in and even if you're thinking about returning to god the enemy just hammers you with thoughts that he's rejected you you can't go back look at you and that is the very place when you start to turn your heart right that's jonah's like oh boy i should not have done this god comes swiftly to him I mean, Jesus in the New Testament said he went after after the one sheep that was wandering. He comes towards us, not because we deserve it, but because he is full of grace and full of mercy. And he makes the choice to come to us. You know, I think he sees potential. Mm. He knows what he can do in your life. He Mm. knows how he can use your mess ups. And so he pursues you. And that's opposite what the enemy would try to tell you. So can you imagine, just picture yourself three days in the belly of this large fish. He is on the shore and he's wearing marks and evidence of his sin. He was running, he was hiding. I mean, I can only imagine what he looks like on the shore there.
1: Absolutely. I remember Debbie um, teaching a Bible study on Jonah a few years back. And as I was really uh, doing some deep dive into the story, there are people who have analyzed what somebody who was inside of the belly of a fish would look like after three days.
0: That's a job.
1: Yeah, I know, (laughs) I know. (laughs) But, you know, in different ways and different tests, I'm not sure exactly how they did it now, to be honest with you, but they were able to see that like the, the acid or whatever it is inside of the fish's belly that Jonah was living in for three days, what it would have done to human skin. Wow. You know, and what it would have done to his clothes and the smell that he would have carried on him and even what it would have done to his hair i remember reading that the acid would just eat the hair and did he come out with big clumps of hair missing from his head so here we've got this man who you know is the prophet of israel and god's given him a job to extend grace to somebody else and he was actually if you if you even do the history studying further back he was a very popular prophet because God had given him popular words in the past and they had come to pass. And so now this man who had spoken positive words and he had seen them come to pass and God was speaking through him, he was feeling pretty good about himself, he chooses to run the wrong direction, and now he finds himself, nobody would be applauding this man thinking he's the popular prophet, he's probably missing hair, his clothes are probably torn and tattered, he probably has marks on his skin. He is literally wearing the evidence of his sin and his running. He's like, you look at the man and you think he needs a do-over, right? And so he probably looks down at himself, this man that everybody used to applaud. And when he would see himself and where he was and how he had run and fallen into this place, he probably would have said, God will never come to me here. He'll never that, come to me
0: here. That is such a misconception that the enemy has spoken into hearts, not only of people that don't know the Lord, but to believers is that you cannot go to God with all your sin all over you. Mm-hmm. With It's this misconception that I need to clean myself up mm-hmm. before I go into the presence of God. Otherwise, he's not going to accept me. Mm-hmm. That we cannot, we cannot get ourselves right t- enough to get, in God's presence and be acceptable. Exactly. He's the one that comes to us. We're the ones that need to be cleaned up by Him. Yep. yep. There's, there's no way to erase the sin. And so we need to really have a, a humble heart Absolutely. that says, I can't fix this. Yep. I can't yep. fix this. In order to respond and come back to Him, I need to have a heart that's not trying to justify what I've done right? Not making excuses. I mean, he had to be eating some humble pie. If he was such a popular prophet, you know, people are going to look at him and go, wow, what did you do?
1: Exactly.
0: You must have done something wrong. Look at you. God is obviously don't, doesn't have his hand on you right now.
1: Shame, shame, shame. Exactly. And
0: sometimes that comes from the church.
1: Mm.
0: The church Mm. can put that on people, right? Mm. And that's, that's not consistent with who God is.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, finding himself in those filthy rags. Isn't it interesting? It just came to me that uh, that the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags, right? The right. things that we do, like other people may not see that we're actually wearing filthy rags, but God can see it when mm-hmm. we're doing those things. And so we often hide in shame from God because we don't want Him to see our filthy rags. It's just not working out. And so we might get, like you said, this misconception or this lie in our heads that we cannot approach God when we need a do-over. And so that's why his mercy is new every morning, because when we need the do-over, he's like, I know you're not going to approach me because you're feeling shameful and guilty. So instead, I'm going to approach you. You." And so God comes to us. Man, that is so... I don't know. It just makes you so confident in your relationship with God and in do-overs that when you require a do-over, he's already there coming to you. It's beautiful. And then if you keep looking at this verse, Deb, the first thing was that God came to Jonah, you know, like you were saying. The second thing is in three words, a second time. That's <laughs> your do-over. It's right there, right there. And you know what? It could probably say a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time for us on many things that we've gone through. But when he came to Jonah a second time, and you know, if you have your Bible in front of you and and you're following along with the story and you look at the book of Jonah, the first time he came to Jonah with the word of God, if you read it in your Bible, it will have the exact same words as the second time that God came to Jonah. If you look at the scripture, he says the same thing, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I give you. God did not change or alter one bit the call that he had on the prophet's life because the prophet had fallen away from what he was supposed to do the first time. The do-over did not disqualify him from the call. That's huge. And I think that is huge, Debbie, Hmm. because we often think that when we failed, God still can use us, but he certainly can't use us the way he had planned. He could have said to Jonah at that point, all right, you you failed. I can't use you on this. So there is actually at the same time, two other big prophets from the Bible were also out there speaking the word of the Lord. You go and get the other prophet and you bring him to do the job. But instead, God said, no, this is the job I have for you. And I love you so much that I gave you the gifts and the purpose to get this job done. And I'm not giving it to anybody else. And so he was not giving up on this runaway, right? He still had a call on Jonah's life. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Irrevocable but means cannot be taken away. And what that means is there is nothing that we can do that would cause God to take away the call on our lives. He is going to bring us to the belly of a fish He is going to spit us out on the sand he is going to do whatever it takes in order to get us to the place where we are in position to fulfill the call that he's put on our lives that is how much he loves us no matter how hard jonah ran he could not run away from what god had called him to do god's plans do not change because we fail at something right because we need a do-over it does not change the assignment that he has for us it was intended only for us, and he will chase us down until the assignment is complete. That is a reason if I was, was going to say something right now, I would just say, praise God, because I have lived it, I've experienced it, and I know that you have as well. So he came to Jonah a second time. I love the fact that second chances are initiated by God, Debbie. Jonah did not get up and beg for a second chance. He did not come to God and say, I need a second chance or I need a do-over. God initiated it. God came to, and he helped Jonah get to the place where he would fulfill the call that God had on his life.
0: God also pursued his people in the nation of Israel. here's another example of this in Isaiah 118. God is speaking to a people group, like a whole people group that he desperately loved. They think of all the journey of the Israelites in the Old Testament, God faithfully pursued them, he loved them, but how many times they ran off? How many times they had done their own thing? So when this scripture is spoken over them, at this point, they, they were off doing their own thing. They had forgotten him. There was so much blood on their hands mm. that should not have been. Mm. So many choices that were wrong. And this is what God says to them through the prophet Isaiah in verse, chapter 1, verse 18. He says, Come, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they mm. be red as crimson, they will be like wool. Here's that word again, come. Yeah. It's an invitation. It's like, yeah. come to the party, come to this wedding, right? Yes. It's, it's it's somebody is reaching out, putting effort into communicating a desire. I want you over here with me. Yep. And here's the catch. God doesn't say, all right, I'll see it your way and I'll go hang out where you are. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, you need to come over to where I am. And that's going to require being obedient, returning to the place where you walked away. I had somebody before say, I don't know how to get back to the Lord. I said, well, tell me where you left them. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's right. at That's what right. point did you get That's off right. the road that God was on? At what point did you stray away? And they're like, well, it happened back in this relationship. Okay. So let's go back to that place and ask for forgiveness mm. at the point that you left where he was. Mm. And he doesn't settle on your new road. That's right. He says you come to back to mine. But he's, right. he calls you. He doesn't say, well, you're off on your own. Good luck with the rest of your life. He has ways of of getting that message of come to your heart. And you think, well, how do you do that? I've not heard the audible voice of God, but there are times when I have absolutely gotten off track that um i'll hear a song that mm. is is i just something in the song it's a worship song that i can hear the father saying you know come back to my presence i'll run across a scripture that re- that even if i'm not in a place where i want to read my bible yep he'll bring it to my mind Yep, he'll remind me that he'll remind me of a bible character that strayed and came back Yep, he'll even have somebody else come up to me and say I just have this burden. I feel like you're struggling with hearing God. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, God's (laughs) speaking through that person directly. So he has different ways of communicating that word come back to me. And each one of us has our own story about the way God has done that. But he reaches out. He extends the invitation. And then he says, let us settle the matter. Mm. Let us settle the matter. Not you settle the matter Mm,
1: mm. you
0: clean yourself up he knows that you can't do that so Mm. my part is to respond to his invitation Mm. to come back and he says his part is the forgiveness where he washes me whiter than snow Mm. does it doesn't matter how far you've fallen away Mm. how many times he says you just I want you to consistently come back to me and Mm. ultimately it all starts Right. It all begins. The initial come to me comes from the cross. Not one of us yep. could clean ourselves up enough. That's right. To even begin a relationship with, right. with him. He started pursuing us from the day that we were born. Yep. Because he created us to be in intimacy with him. So throughout our lives, God has been calling. The chances are we probably spent a lot of years not listening.
1: That's right. That's right. And it brought me back to when you were just talking. It brought me back to the whole story about being a mom. Because how many times do we also are are we tempted to say, when you clean yourself up, when you get yourself together, you come down and we'll talk about it. You fix that attitude. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll talk.
0: That doesn't work, right? (laughs) Exactly. Usually, usually God's saying, you know, if I say I if I need to get my attitude right before I can go back to God, He goes, I am the source. Yeah, exactly. the improved attitudes. You need to come to me with all your bad attitudes and get my perspective, and I'll change it.
1: That's right, which really brings us right to the point that God does not have condemnation in our do-overs. So true. You know, you think about Jonah, and really, if he did look the way that many of these historians say that he looked, Jonah was not feeling very good about himself at this time. And I know in the times that I failed, I'm sure— Um, You feel the same way, and our listeners do, too, that when we fail, you know, we, A, right away feel unworthy, we feel unfaithful, we feel ashamed. These are not the stories, like, if Facebook was around that time, Jonah was certainly not taking a selfie and posting it, like, didn't make it to Nineveh yet type of a thing, you know, with himself, with the hair and the clothes and the skin messed up. You know, he what, he was gonna hide that part of his story just like we try to do too. He probably felt disgusting and dirty and humiliated and, and guilty, you know, he'd just been spit up. But God saved his life, right? And he gave him a do-over. God did not say to him, look at you.
0: Mm-hmm. Look
1: at what you've done. Did you ever think you would look like this? <laughs> Literally, like no pun intended, but did you ever think you'd sink that low? right? <laughs> but but he never said anything like that to Jonah. Instead, he just talks about what he is to do. And he also never says, hey, Jonah, do you remember chapter one? Do you remember that I already said these exact same words to you? Do you see all the trouble that could have been averted if you had just listened the first time? I have to say, I think that's where the Holy Spirit prompts us in our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit is already putting this thing on our hearts, like, in in grace and love. Like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to back away again. God doesn't need to come in this condemning voice and say, well, because you failed. Instead, he lets the Holy Spirit really speak to our hearts and put in love this uh, desire to follow right the next time, you know, without having to to make him feel guilty or ashamed about what had happened. He's just saying, like he says it almost like it is the first time. I mean, I wonder what would have happened if, if Jonah had said, like, God, why are you telling me the same thing? Like, didn't I fail? If if what's what's the Bible say? Right, that God throws our sins as far as the east from, from the west. Right, they in the in the depths of the sea. You know, He remembers them no more. Wouldn't it just be like God to say, like, first time? Hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, I love that scripture where it says that He won't remember them anymore because. People ask you the question, well, if God knows everything, past, present, and future, but it's saying that he's not going to remember your sin anymore, is that an inconsistency Mm -hmm. in the scripture? And really, the the original language says that when he doesn't remember your sins anymore, it means he will never bring them back again.
1: Mm -hmm. You know how we
0: tend to keep that little book, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember when you did this in 1975. Like God, he knows that it happened. Yeah. He knows that it happened, yep. but but you don't have to fear in your relationship with him that he's going to put that in front of your face again. Yep. That's Amen. really what that means. And Amen. so the enemy, he's always accusing, he's yep. always bringing back the things that you know that you've been forgiven of, but God will not do that because that's what that verse means. Yep. He will never bring it up and hold it against you. Amen. Ever again
1: amen which is the new mercies every morning right absolutely every absolutely. single morning you know i was thinking how many uh how many places or people have i worked with in the past and i don't mean worked with in a job but um you know if you go to a doctor and they misdiagnose you you know is that the doctor you're going to go back to the second time
0: no. or
1: if you take your pet to a vet because we know we're all crazy about our little furry family members Um, yes, (laughs) Debbie's got her dogs, actually one is in the zoom, if you could see it right now. And my cat was just meowing at the door. So if I had my little cat and I took my cat to a vet and they uh, did a surgery that was incorrect, would I go back to that vet again? And even something as simple, like if I go to a restaurant and I'm disappointed with the meal and I really wanted that meal, am I going to go back there for that meal again? The answer is no right? I don't give do-overs very graciously when it comes to the stuff of life. I I don't want to walk by the side necessarily of of that uh, individual or that group in the next go around. And yet, when God redeems and goes to Jonah, right, rescues Jonah there on the shore by coming to him with the same word, he's saying, in effect, like, I'm giving you a do-over, because I've given you a task to do in my kingdom work, right? I want you along with me as I do my work of saving souls. Like Jonah had failed big time, and yet God was like, "Mm, you failed, but I've still chosen you for this task, and so I'm not giving up on you. You know, we are going to get this job done. Even in something as monumental as saving a whole city, like Nineveh was like 600,000 people, that was a huge huge thing and yet it doesn't matter what the task is right they're both everything that we do is for the purpose of bringing god glory and spreading his word so that souls are saved when god gives us a second chance he's calling us alongside him to do his work to bring his kingdom here on the earth um that, that is grace that is mercy that is new every single morning
0: i think we get tripped up because we the people that we interact with on a daily basis and the way we are doesn't we, we tend not to want to give those second chances we don't naturally want to extend grace and so when you develop an opinion or a belief system about the heavenly father and you think well he must be like mankind right and mankind when they screw up they don't get another chance maybe people have really spoken that into your own life that you've blown it mm-hmm. like i'm done i've severed this relationship i'm so done with you and I'm not going to give you that second chance. And now we transfer that, and we believe that God is the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and it's it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. You have to go back to what does the word say about the nature, the character of God. Mm-hmm. And that is that is what we need to base our our belief, our faith in mm-hmm. what the word says, what He describes Himself to be. Because our personal experience, both with other people as well as with our own our own attitudes, mm-hmm. we're so different. We're so different from the way that God responds. Mm-hmm. He continues to want to use you mm-hmm. in spite of the times, number one, where you totally run the wrong way, where you choose to be disobedient, and it, and then you feel like, I just really failed at that. Mm-hmm. Or how many times have you just made honest mistakes? Mm-hmm. You know, you've tried to do something that God's called you to do, and you just, it's a learning curve, Mm -hmm. right? Learning curves are bumpy. Times of transition are bumpy, and you're not always going to get it right. But God is consistent in his character. The only thing that has changed for us is how are we responding to him? Are we responding to come out of our place of disobedience? and follow him are we responding in a place of humility that says i really did try it my best but i still have a lot to learn and rather than popping a a proud attitude or trying to justify why it didn't go well or or better yet blame somebody else just come and say all right i am trying hard i'm willing to learn be teachable right be humble and teachable and and how you respond is going to determine the outcome but he has a call on each of our lives he has we were created with a specific purpose Amen. he equipped us to accomplish the purpose that he has for us yep. he yep. has not changed his mind that he has called you for yep. something spectacular that he wants to do in and through you and he will continue to to pursue you yep until you walk in obedience yep. and he, he's not doing it with this breathing down your neck harping on it yep. like you said right he's continuing to love you he's continuing to speak truth into you but we own a piece of this yep. we have got to step back and say which voice am i listening to yep. a consistent heavenly father who's drawing me in or my own flesh that's telling me that i don't need him yep. or the voice of the enemy right Or the world that's trying to beat me down and tell me that I don't have a purpose anymore. I mean, I look at Jonah's disobedience didn't cancel God's plans. Jonah still didn't want to go to Nineveh,
1: right? right? After
0: all of this, he still had an attitude about Nineveh. And God didn't look at him and go, you know, let's just go to Tarshish instead. Yeah,
1: right, right. (laughs)
0: You cannot strong arm God. You cannot manipulate him. And you're not going to negotiate with him. And for a guy that was always the popular guy for yep. spending, uh, spreading popular messages, yep. the message was still tough. Yes, you know I'm going to destroy you if you don't, you don't repent. That yep. was still a tough message. Still- so <laughs> now he's going to go into Nineveh, the people that he doesn't like, right? He, the people he wants God to just blow up. Yep. He smells. Yep. His like you said, his skin is probably disgusting, and he has a, a message that's not one they're going to want to hear. That's right. And when you Put that all together in Jonah's mind. I'm sure he is convinced this is not going to go well. (laughs) But being obedient to God, right? Be obedient to God, doing it his way. We cannot control How other people will respond but God is looking he was looking at the heart of the people in Nineveh knowing how they were gonna repent absolutely knowing how they were gonna respond and if he had told Jonah don't worry about it they're gonna respond favorably to you yes then where's the obedience in the heart That's right
1: that's right that is so Jonah had
0: to see it through and he spoke that extension of grace to the people as much as it probably killed him but he had just lived through a grace yeah. And Amen. when you when you receive it, then you are able to convey it to somebody else.
1: Yeah. You know, just when you were talking there, one thing that came back to my mind, and I do love the story of Jonah, um, that if you look historically at the city of Nineveh and what had been happening to Nineveh in the years prior to Jonah being sent there, God was preparing the people in the city to be in a place where they were ready to receive the word. You know, and so God was not going to let those people not receive the word he had for years already been preparing their hearts. They were ripe. The fields are ripe. Right. And here comes the harvester. And -hmm. if the harvester is not going to work with the with the the the, not going to say game, but it's not a game with the program. If he's not going to work with the program, God is going to get him to the place where he is going to work with that program. One of the things that I love to say to myself or, uh, I don't know, Emily, anybody, I guess that will listen. But when there's a, when there's a struggle, um, what I ask myself, like, what's the appropriate response to this? Like, what is the appropriate response to the situation that I find myself in today? And in Jonah's situation, in our situations in do-overs, regardless of how we got to the place that we needed to do over, the only appropriate response to an opportunity to do something over that when God gives us grace and mercy is obedience. Like, that's it. That's it. There's no like this or that. It's it's this. It's obedience.
0: I had told people for years because I've lived this, right? You you speak what you you speak out what you walk through. There are times when God asks you to do something hard. Mm-hmm. There is the most grace to do the hard in the moment he asks you to do it. Like kind of like you know we say to our kids we can do this the easy way yes. or the hard way, <laughs> yeah. right? And I'll so when when God <laughs> is asking you to do something whether it's to forgive somebody or to reach out in reconciliation or to serve and you're like ah and you come up with all your lists of excuses why i can't do this that moment is the best moment to say yes
1: Amen. because
0: god is still going to accomplish his purpose but it will be harder there's going Amen. to be a cost if you if you do it your own way yep. so i from learning that the hard way um i I have I have become faster to at least consider God, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna obey you in this hard moment because I have learned that if I'm still gonna end up doing ultimately what you've asked me to do. Yep. But there's a risk of a lot greater cost and it's just harder. Yep. The grace is still there to help me, but it's always better to do it the first time that he asked me to do it. Amen. Jonah would have been saved a lot of stench if he had just said, Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. You know, it's, it's interesting too, because you talk about the cost of obedience there. Um, The beginning of Jonah's story was all about Jonah ran the end of Jonah's story or the last few chapters were all about Jonah obeyed. And in his obedience, even though he was obeying, there was a great cost for the prophet. you know, where the spit, the fish spit him out. He still had to walk what they say is 500 miles to Nineveh, right? You think about his near-death experience, what's going on in his mind. He had still, he still had to leave all his family and friends to go to these people he didn't want to go to. And he had the cost, or all those people, those poor people on the boat, you know, all struggling to figure out what was going on with the the, the um, environment around them. They also had to suffer because of his disobedience. Obedience was costly for Jonah, but the greater revelation of God that came to Jonah and through Jonah led to the transformation of an entire city. The only appropriate response is obedience. And then God determines what the end result of that obedience is going to be. You know, did Jonah think that a whole nation was going to turn? Did he hope that the whole nation would not turn? That's a whole other story. But we we. We do our part and then we trust God to do his. Jonah was enabled to do a do-over and through him a whole city of people. Now are in eternity, are in heaven and grateful for the opportunity to have had a do-over for them at that time you know if you look at the entire bible deb which is really where we started out and and really the title of this episode today is in good company we can still say that we are in good company because we have seen ourselves in jonah's life and we can see how we have been given an opportunity to do a do over and we don't always do it right but all the way through the bible right the first seven books of the bible all the way through we see that god is wildly compassionate about his people. He has new mercies for us every morning. He's incredibly patient and he's full with of love, right? And he's the same God today that he was back then. No matter where we are in our story, you know, whether we're in the running, whether we're in the belly, whether we've been sinking low or we've been spit out on the sand, or we are making that long walk that disobedience has cost us to where God is taking us. He loves us. He has a plan for us and he wants to partner with us to do his work here on on the earth you know god continues to extend grace to us today and continues to give us opportunities every day to do it over to do it his way you
0: know as we conclude this uh, episode i almost feel like there's a challenge to each of us to take a look to pause and let the holy spirit speak to our hearts and ask yourself, is there something right now, recently, that God has been prompting you to make a change in? Just, you know, just take a moment and just think about it, because the Holy Spirit will start nudging you. You know the enemy doesn't want to do that, right? He would never prompt you to make something right. But is there something that the Holy Spirit has been saying, it's time for a do-over? It's, some, it's an area maybe that you need to reset some priorities Uh, Maybe things have been spinning out of control. Maybe it's been very slow, but like Israel, we've wandered away from keeping the Lord first and and in front of us. Maybe we have something that we need to stop doing. And and we, we, we can justify a lot of wrong things, right? But the Holy Spirit is speaking, this is not for you. This is not healthy. Maybe it's something that you are, how you're handling your money or a particular relationship something that you've been viewing, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your mind. And you have a Jonah moment. Maybe it's something he's been urging you to do. He wants you to spread your wings and try something that it's a gift, that he, a dream that he's been giving you and you're nervous about it. You have a lot of reasons why you don't want to do it. Maybe he's been prompting you to reach out to somebody. Maybe it's somebody that you really don't like. Maybe it's somebody that intimidates you. So it just its important as you walk away, it's, Jonah's a great story, the do-over of Jonah's life is important, but what is my takeaway, what is my personal takeaway, because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, always encouraging us to walk in obedience and to become more like him, and it's because his heart for us is always good, and it's always on that mission, right, to be able to lead more people to Jesus Christ, and he wants to use you and me and each one of our listeners. So what, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Now, what's your reaction going to be? Learn a lesson, right, in good company with Jonah. Let's not do it Jonah's way. Let's learn from him and make the choice to say, I'm going to obey. Amen. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to resist. Um, well, I'm going to obey, and I'm going to receive the greatest amount of grace right now Amen. to be obedient to what you've called us to do. I want the easier way, not the hard way, <laughs> to learn my lesson. And, but what a great, what a great reminder that he pursues us, Mm -hmm. even when we've gotten ourselves in the biggest mess that we could get ourselves into. You know, I love the fact that Krista's story last week was a huge testimony about how God rescued her, Um, and and out of places where she had to choose to obey God. Next episode, next week, Laura, we're going to have Greg Diner come and join us, and He has a story where God gave him another chance at life, Mm -hmm. literally at life. Mm -hmm. It is a crazy, like you like to say, Mm over-the-top story (laughs) of a chance to do something over again. And each of us knows people that God has walked through some severe uh, physical issues. And they're like, I don't know why I was able to make it through that. It's because God gave them a chance to do something Amen. over. So Amen. we are so grateful that you have joined us today for this uh, this podcast focusing on Jonah. And next week, we hope you'll come back. Listen again as another powerful testimony, um, also from the word of God and from a man's life. That and this will be, I think, our first man that we're bringing <laughs> yes, onto. Yes. This is pretty. This is pretty exciting. It's a whole new season, right? We're doing things over <laughs> in the Beyond Women's Conference is now the Beyond the Building. That's right. All kinds of things new. So thanks for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged. That you'll share this with your friends because the the bigger the family is supporting each other, the better. So from Laura Perino, Debbie Kiever, from Beyond the Building, we are so grateful that you've joined us today. We will see you next
1: week. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: We believe that God will use what we shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for
1: more.